0: But we can change that. We can change that with something pretty simple. You do not need an app for this. You do not need a credit card. You do not need an 800 number. What you need is a conversation. A conversation. Conversation.
1: Conversation.
0: Conversation.
1: Conversation. Conversation. The Conversation. An exchange between great minds. Hello everybody. This is episode 9 of The Conversation. Today we talk about Jazz. Okay, let's get right into it. Jazz is one of the most influential genres of music of the 20th century and continues to be relevant today with its great influence on hip-hop as well as the rise of jazztronica. And so today we are going to pay tribute to this amazing genre and its amazing musicians. And so I welcome Jan, who is a trumpetist, uh, Ambaline on the alto saxophone, and uh, I'm Louis, a pianist, and this is a conversation without further ado, let's get right into it. So first I like to, to talk about, uh, you know, obviously jazz has a really important history and talk about the different branches of jazz, different movements uh, that took place. So I liked, what I'd like to ask you is uh, which uh, jazz movement uh, did you like most? So uh, Jan, would you, would you like to, to answer that?
2: Uh, sure, I'll, I'll answer that. I think one of my favorite movements isn't necessarily one of the most famous. Uh, It's a movement called the the Third Stream, and it's really a a combination of uh, jazz and classical music. It's not uh, a movement that's, uh, not many musicians took part in that movement. I feel like one of the most prominent pieces of uh, Third Stream would be uh, Sketches of Spain from Miles Davis. And what I really love from that movement is the fact that in comparing it to movements like the bebop era, where it was very technical and and it was almost as if um generalizing of course but musicians were trying to play as many notes and show off their their abilities and skill in the third stream it's very simple melodies and it bases off harmonies it bases off uh other aspects of jazz uh that i really find uh interesting and, and pleasing to listen to i don't know if you guys ever heard of this a movement but I feel like it's one of the most it makes for the most beautiful music in my opinion. Yeah uh, I, I heard about it before
1: but now that you talk about it I'm gonna maybe dive deeper it sounds really interesting. Uh, Ambaline do you have uh, anything to, to add?
0: Um, yeah I don't I don't really have a favorite jazz movement I think everything is interesting in its own way and it's fun they're all fun to listen to uh, personally though I listen to a lot of fusion because I love looking for those new sounds, which is kind of in comparison to the, the rather raw, pure instrument sounds. Um, and in Fusion, you kind of get to explore the different kinds of electronic sounds they get, they get to use, which I find really interesting.
1: So on my part, I'm going to say I really like um, Bebop with uh, Charlie Parker as one of its main uh, artists. I just think it's such a like virtuose movement in jazz and it's really it's really fun to listen to. But I would say like Amboline, I really enjoy fusion and you know, also uh, its influence on hip hop. I think it's real amazing.
2: I completely agree with you. I feel like what's really crazy about jazz as a as a genre, it's it's capacity to blend in and influence so many different genres. And I feel like hip hop that you mentioned is a a really prominent example, so so hip hop started in the, the 70s uh, and it was a way for young African-Americans to kind of express their dissatisfaction with their social condition. And I feel like jazz really paved the way for that and it kind of provided them building blocks because at the time they didn't have any recording studios, didn't have any budget, they didn't have any instruments. And so they could, they could use and sample jazz segments and completely transform it and and make it another sound so they could they could use the the beats the grooves the horn lines the bass lines and i feel like maybe the the most the best example of that would probably be a, a tribe called quest where you have many you can't find a single tribe called quest piece without a sample and without, I mean, they also had samples from people like Jimi Hendrix so that they, they, they used off a lot of different musical inspiration, but when you look into like a song like uh, The Footprints, it opens with Sir Duke and then the beat is based off of a piano piece by Donald Byrd and then there are segments of John Coltrane talking throughout the piece. And I feel like it's really cool that jazz is able to influence and transform genres like it did. And even today, the jazz hip hop scene is is thriving with albums like uh, The Epic from Kamasi Washington, we're really pushing the barriers. And before it was more an inspiration and now it's turning into really a fusion of both those genres. I mean, not Miles Davis tried to do it in the 90s. I think his album is called Bebop. It didn't really work, but today you have albums like To Pimp a Butterfly, which to me is the greatest musical achievement of this decade where you have trumpet players like Kamasi Washington, you have bass players uh, like Thundercat and they're really using this jazz inspiration and making it something completely new and I find that really cool. I think that's really
1: great insight on uh, like modern jazz and you know fusion between hip hop and jazz that's really interesting. So secondly I like to, to, to think about being a jazz musician so obviously we're all part of the same band. And uh, so what do you think about things like, you know, uh, improvisation, gigs, playing as a group, anything really?
0: Well, um, music is a very social uh, activity. So playing as a group is really important and personally I find it really fun. Um, But then when it comes to improvisation, there's a lot of listening that happens. And I often find that I get lost in the chord changes. but it's, it like, having musical ideas is one thing, but then being able to place them correctly at the right spot in the in the chord changes is another thing. And I feel like that's one of the biggest challenges I have in playing jazz.
1: Jan, do you have any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, uh, I completely agree with Ambeline, And I feel like when we listen to jazz, all these virtuosos, it feels like improvisation is so simple and it comes from the heart but I feel like in my experience in trying to improvise at least I'm starting I'm just starting trying to improvise but it's really hard work it's learning your scales it's doing a bunch of exercises and then when you try and make your instrument say exactly what you want to say it doesn't turn out right it doesn't you can't use your instrument how you would use your voice and I feel like behind all those great trumpet solos, saxophone solos, piano solos. There are hours of hard work. And I'm guessing maybe you guys have different experiences. Maybe it came much easier for you guys. Uh, but to me, it's, it's, it's hard work is just what I'm trying to say.
1: <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, in my personal experience, I actually started out as a classical pianist and I started learning jazz only two or three years ago. And when i first came to jazz band like i saw these people improvising like i thought it was seemed really easy for them and when i took my first solo i had no idea what i was doing it sounded terrible but you know i think uh failure is a great motivator so as jan said it takes a lot of hard work you know learning your scales and also just listening over and over again to the piece and I think also transcribing solos is a great way to improvise on your own because you learn how uh, a solo is constructed and how like the musician actually builds up his, his
2: phrases. Uh, maybe a, talking about going to jazz band in a broader way, not necessarily improvising, I feel like it's a really nice break. To me when I go to jazz band it's not like practicing on my own, it's a place really to have fun. and usually. The pieces we play and many jazz pieces are not complicated to play whatsoever. You look look at Autumn Leaves, probably the the most famous uh, jazz piece. Take a look at the chorus and it's super simple. And I feel like jazz is a genre where it's really easy to put something together and have fun as a group. And then also the whole aspect of improvisation just adds layers of being able to to, to make playing music a really good time, and I find it really rewarding.
0: Yeah, I totally agree um, with everything you guys just said. Um, and to address the gigs and recording session part, um, I mean, we're obviously not professionals, but um, re- recording is pretty interesting compared to just rehearsing because you we have to, have everything perfect from start to finish um and i guess the conditions we do it in we're all in the same room so every mic kind of picks up every other sound um so it kind of gives the way we did we've done it um kind of gives a live uh performance feel which i find so much more interesting than than um a lot of recordings where you can hear i mean every instrument is recorded like, with a different mic that picks up only that instrument.
1: Yeah, I think that's always a big issue in recording sessions, like, nowadays you can do everything on your computer, it can sound good, but when it, when you have to record, like, 10 or 12 musicians at the same time, it's, it's really a, a hard process. And, uh, so to switch to, to gigs for one second, well, we didn't really have a lot of gigs except, except as a, our own jazz band, but I think our first real gig was uh with hombaline when we were at the um, central park and uh what, what was it called again holine I forgot
0: the tavern on the green,
1: yeah, so I had my accordion and holine or saxophone and we <laughs> we were invited to this charity and uh we had to play music for for the guests and it was a it was a fun experience um it's I think it's uh it's challenging because you have to, to make the music interesting so that people listen to you and it doesn't just uh, like appear as like background music, but it was a good experience.
0: Yeah, Um. to add to that, uh, you're pretty much very independent because we don't have a band director like in jazz band. We don't, no one really tells you what to do except where to stand and how long to play. And you kind of have to manage that and assess like what you should play when. Um, and it's it's a really interesting experience.
1: So Yon, maybe you'd like to talk about, uh, you know,
2: our gigs as, as a jazz band. I was, I was really surprised during my first gigs uh, about how official and serious everything felt. Bef- beforehand, always very stressed. And then when you come up on the stage, again, going back to just jazz band as a place to have fun, you just have fun. And I feel like playing music by yourself in your room practicing, you only do that to be able to then play music in front of people. And seeing people come to listen to you, it's very rewarding. And I've always, I've never actually take solo by myself in front of an audience because I don't have the, the, the courage and I don't have the musical capacity quite yet. And I hope I will have in a couple of years or in a couple of months. But I feel like I was always super, uh, super impressed by you guys. And maybe you guys can talk about your experience in taking solos not by yourself, but in front of people, because I feel like that's a completely different situation.
0: Um, yeah, to address um, playing, imp- improvising in front of people, uh, it takes guts. It's, um, it's most, I noticed that I sort of stopped caring about what people think. So you kind of just have to go for it. Once you start, you kind of don't realize how long or short the solo is. You kind of just, it, it goes by really fast because I guess you're stressed. But um, it's, I, I mean, personally looking back on them, I always felt like my solos were bad. But it's a great way to improve because you kind of have the pressure to make the right choices in the notes you play, the rhythms you play. Uh, so it's, it's it's definitely interesting and very different from just playing on your own.
1: Yeah I think it is a a great deal of pressure when you're alone on stage trying to take solo and I would say that um, uh, like it's a great deal of preparation so like Jan said you have to use scales you have to know the piece you have to know the, the chord changes but after when you're on stage I feel like your best solos are the ones where where you have fun, you know, where you don't have to think about, oh my god, am I playing the right notes, you know? So I think that's that's a big thing, you know, trying to forget the audience and forget the piece and just trying to like, you know, uh, say in music what you would say, like, in real life. Alright, so I think we're gonna switch to part three. So we're gonna talk about our favorite jazz albums. Uh Humbling, you you like to start?
0: Um, yeah, personally, my favorite album of all time is has got to be Something Else by Cannonball Adderley. Um, he's a alta saxophone player. I think there's Miles Davis, Hank Jones, um, and Art Blakey. And it, the entire album just has such a great energy to it. Uh, I, I mean, I love Cannonball Adderley, and he's um, one of my favorite saxophone players, but he even though some songs can have like more me- melancholic tones or just not as energetic, there's still like really a really good positive energy in it, which is something I And then there's also The Big Sound by Gene Ammons. So I'm a saxophone player, so I listen to a lot of um, saxophones. But this, this album particularly has four saxophone players, a two tenors, an alto, and a baritone. Um, and they find really nice harmonies and it's a great album in general.
1: That's great. Um, Jan, would you like to give your albums?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I I can't say my favorite albums of all time, but albums that I like to listen to right now are albums that kind of blend what I was talking about before, hip-hop and kind of this uh, new wave jazz music. And I mentioned his name, there's an album called Kamalasi Washington uh the epic uh and the album the the name is fitting the album is epic from start to to finish it's it's just a whole ride and uh i feel like he's one of the main people who are making the genre relevant in a, a time period where trap and pop are kind of taking over and maybe jazz even though it's really influential is kind of Uh, kind of disappearing a little bit. And I feel like also one of the the guys who does that is uh, Christian Scott uh, with his album, my favorite album of his is the uh, Emancipation Procrastination. And he blends uh, jazz music with trap beats. Uh, Sounds a bit weird, but it sounds really, really cool. And I really, really advise you to go check it out. And also of course, I've talked about it before uh, sketch of the spain by miles davis my favorite miles davis album uh, and go check it out
1: right so i don't like kiana i don't think i have like one specific album that i think is the best or the one that i like the most but i have like three or four first off uh solo monk by Thelonious Monk so Thelonious Monk is a pianist and he he really has for me like a unique touch on the piano and like he has really Good melodies and it's really romantic. Also, it's kind of a uh, sad sometimes. But if you want pure distilled jazz, uh, listen to this album. It's really good. I also have "Setting Standards" by Keith Jarrett. So it's a piano, bass, um, drums trio, and it's. Uh, I think I admire Keith Jarrett for his improvisational skills. He's a really talented guy, and yeah. Uh, another one would be Herbie Hancock, um, so he's really famous for being great, great jazz musician. He's still alive today and uh, his album Headhunters which is kind of like a fusion uh, between jazz and um, like funk and also electronic music is, is really iconic. I like uh, Chameleon and I don't know just iconic great songs and maybe a fourth one because why not? Um, going back to, to Jan's you know like hip-hop blend with jazz I really like Kendrick Lamar's album Untitled Unmastered it's uh it's kind of like it's not one of his most famous album but it's the one that you the most uh, jazz in its tracks and uh, it's a really 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 good example of how you can make great music with music from you know 1950 and music from 2020 so that's it so
2: yeah oh go ahead nyan bouncing off of uh, what louis just said uh untitled unmastered uh, is actually tracks that didn't make it onto the album to pimp a butterfly which i find super interesting not because of uh, not because they didn't sound good simply because they didn't fit in the narration of that album so if you go listen to untitled unmastered and you really like the aesthetic i really suggest you going uh, to listen to uh, to pimp a butterfly because it's it's a it's a ride it's a really great album
1: thank you so much to all the kind viewers that decided to take a moment out of their day to listen to our podcast so of course thank you also to our panelists today of course uh, Jan, Hombo and louie uh, to the producers that made this uh, specific show possible louie mark graham Tom and I, along with Julian Zaytun as our editor. And uh, I'm Miles Bratier. Stay safe.